You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. Take your Bible and turn with me to Psalm 118. We're entering into Thanksgiving week. Love this week of the year. We had our family Thanksgiving last night at Isaac's house. We usually have it at our house, but because of the situation most of you are familiar with, we couldn't have it there this year. And So our family, I believe, we're numbering about 44 now. Uh, we all met at Isaac's house, and we were hoping the floor would not cave in. And uh, we enjoyed our time of giving testimony and eating and then having our prayer time together as a family. I'm going to preach this morning on, are you a grateful person? Are you? I want you to stop just for a minute, really think about it, let that sink in. Are you a grateful person? And if you're not a grateful person, I want you to consider why you are not. I don't know about you, but I don't like to hang around people who are not grateful. They're a real downer. You know what I mean? Always complaining, always murmuring, always discontent with their situation, and they don't mind telling you about it. You know, there's a lot of bad things happen in life. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot of trials and sufferings and adversities that all of us go through in life. Job nailed it when he said, man is born to trouble. And it is true. That makes us look forward to heaven, amen? (laughs) All trouble's gone. But there's a lot of trouble that we have to face in this life. There's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of hurt. Even sometimes there's persecution that comes our way for the cause of Christ. And many times we find it very, very difficult to have a grateful spirit. But if there's one thing that all of us, despite what may be going on in our lives right now, if there's one thing all of us who know the Lord can be thankful for, it's the fact that we're saved and on our way to heaven. That's number one. Here in Psalm 118, I'm not going to take time to read the whole chapter. It's an amazing chapter and how we're to be thankful for the Lord's salvation. But let me begin in verse one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is what? Do you believe he's good? Do you believe God's good? All the time? God is good? Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good because his mercy endureth forever. Remember what it says in Lamentations. It is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. The sinful man is not consumed by the very holiness and righteousness of God. Because of the Lord's mercy we're not consumed. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Wrap your heart and mind around the mercy of God for a minute today. Verse 2, let Israel now say that his mercy 
endure forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, His mercy endure forever. Let them that now fear the Lord say, His mercy endureth forever. Verse 8, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Verse 14, The Lord is my strength and my song, and has become my what, church? My salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. And right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. Verse 28. Thou art my God and I will praise thee. Thou art my God and I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, please help me to communicate the message that you have laid upon my heart to give to your people today. We pray that Satan would be bound and that what we hear today would impact our lives and change us for time and eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever complained about anything? How many have ever complained about something? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, I know. Some of you even complain that your preacher preaches too long. Can you believe that? No, we all have found ourselves in tendency to complain about things that have happened in our life. How many of you ever murmured? Come on, get your hands up. You've all murmured. So we all have a tendency to complain. We all have a tendency to murmur. Even Job, which was that righteous and upright man, the trials of life eventually got to him and beat him down. And in a moment of weakness, listen to what Job said. He said, therefore, I will not reframe my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. So here is a righteous man that eschewed evil and loved God. And, and even at the end, you know, he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That I know I shall come forth as gold. But here in a moment of weakness, he just, he, I mean, he just let it go. He just poured out his complaint and he said, I am not going to shut my mouth. The Bible says in Lamentations 3.39, Wherefore doth a man complain for the punishment of his sin? We even complain about the things that come upon us because of our own personal failures and sin. Nobody else had anything to do with it. We simply are reaping what we've sowed and we even complain about that. So we complain about a lot of different things and we murmur. The Bible said, neither murmur as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. These are murmurs and complainers, listen to this, walking after their own lust. Why do we murmur? Why do we complain? Why do, why do we grumble? Why are we ungrateful? We're walking after our own lust. We'll come back to that verse here a little bit later. The Bible says, do all things without murmuring and disputings. So everything we're doing to life, we're not to be complaining about it, we're not to be murmuring about it. So let me ask you a question. What is the difference between complaining and between murmuring? Someone? What's the difference? Complaining is something that is outward. It's something that is vocal. Remember what Job said? I'm going to let it go. 
I'm just going to let everybody know how upset that I am, how dissatisfied I am with my life, how resentful I am that I'm having to go through this thing. Whereas murmuring is more inward. It's more that seething inward resentment and dissatisfaction. And it's really not as vocal as complaining is. It's, it's more quiet. But you can tell when a person is murmuring under their breath, right? Okay. When we think of the church, do any of you know why deacons were first chosen in the church? That's right. Deacons were first chosen to shut down the complaining and murmuring that was taking place within the body of Christ, the church. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in daily administration, and so deacons were chosen to take care of that situation, to knock down the murmuring and complaining that was going on. Why? Because it's so destructive to a church body. Stop and think about that. When complaining and murmuring and a dissatisfaction is taking place within the body of Christ, it's very, very damaging. The Bible said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. And so complaining and murmuring destroys that unity within the body of Christ. Aren't you thankful for the unity in the body of Christ here at Fellowship? And the, the truth is, I'll be honest with you, for the murmuring and complaining that is going on, I don't know about it. So don't tell me. <laughs> but behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment, that anointing oil, symbol of the Holy Spirit. It is like the precious anointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard when he was anointed, and went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descendeth upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. If there's one thing I want, I want God's blessing upon Fellowship Baptist Church. I want the dew of blessing. I want the anointing of blessing upon our church. And that absolutely cannot happen when we're murmuring and complaining about things. God will withdraw that blessing from us. The Bible said that we ought to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So when someone comes up to you and they want to murmur and they want to complain about something that is upsetting them or that they're dissatisfied with, especially here within the church, the body of Christ, just lovingly tell them to shut up. No, I didn't mean to say it that way. But deal with that. See, listen, some, something's wrong here. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's sit down and let's pray about this. I want you to think about it. Someone said, there's two kinds of people in the world. Some people grumble because roses have thorns, while others are thankful that thorns have roses. Isn't that good? So which one are you? Complaining, grumbling, murmuring, discontentment, disunity. Six things doth God hate. 
Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Listen to the listen to the the number. Listen to these. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that are swift running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Because of what? Murmuring and complaining. Isn't that amazing that sowing discord among the brethren because of a murmuring and complaining spirit is just thrown in with all those other horrible things? Don't you think that life is all about our perspective? It really is. The Bible said be careful, be anxious, don't be uptight, don't be stressed out, don't worry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and then the peace of God, which path us all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, perspective, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Church family, our lives are all about our perspective, on how we view things. Someone who is always grumbling and complaining and murmuring and, and discontent, this is what I want you to understand. They are totally focused on S-E-L-F. That's why they don't have a grateful spirit. They're focused on themselves. It's all about them. Life revolves around them. It's all about their own personal happiness. It's all about them being fulfilled. The Bible said it is nothing more than the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And when their desires of their flesh and of their mind are unfulfilled, they become discontent. You may be in a state of discontentment right now today. These, these are murmurers and complainers walking after their own what? Lust. That is why we don't have a grateful spirit. And can I tell you something? When that grateful spirit is not there, the joy is gone. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when our selfish desires are not meant, we become discontent. We grumble, we murmur, we complain. All because we're focused on ourselves. You know, I think it's good for us. I think it's good for us as a nation. It's good for us as a people just to stop and realize and acknowledge that God has really blessed us with a lot of things. Actually, we probably have too many things. But God has blessed us in so many ways, even in material blessings. The Bible said, in everything, what? In everything, give thanks. Giving thanks always for all things. And let the peace of God rule in your heart to which ye are called in one body and be ye thankful, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Every good gift and every perfect gift come down from above. I'll give thanks unto the Lord.
for he is good. We could go on and on and on and on quoting scripture after scripture that deals with having a grateful and thankful heart. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. On Wednesday night, we were, or we are, studying what the Bible teaches about fallen angels. Well, Lucifer himself was a fallen angel. And the prophet Ezekiel said this about Lucifer, that he has sought to weaken the nations. And so I spent some time looking at how does Satan seek to weaken our nation. And we talked about two areas. Number one, he seeks to weaken our nation in the area of our morality. Number two, he seeks to weaken our nation through corruption. And so we spent a few minutes and we talked about that. We talked about that in society in general. We talked about that when it comes to politics. And what have you heard, if, if you're in tune at all to the news lately, what have you been hearing in the news? Immorality and corruption. Immorality and corruption. Immorality and corruption. Turn the news on, that's all you hear about is immorality and corruption. Why? Because that is what Satan traffics in, according to the prophet Ezekiel and Isaiah. One of the ways that he gets us to a state where we're at, where immorality is now rampant in America, is to bring us to a state of discontentment, to where we lose our gratefulness. And when we become discontent and we lose our gratefulness, there's no joy in a person's life. Have you ever been dealing with a person and they're, I mean, they're as sad as can be. Maybe they even have come to the point to where they're suicidal. Joy is gone. Happiness is gone. The reason for living is gone. They want to check out on life. Well, why is that? It's because they've lost a grateful spirit. And if they're not to the place where they want to check out on life, then they, then they try whatever they can in order to find happiness, even if it means engaging in immoral activity. Here in Romans chapter 1, look at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were what? First thing mentioned, they became unthankful. Then they became vain in their imagination. Then their foolish heart was darkened. Then they professed themselves to be wise, became very foolish. Then they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, unto birds and four-fetter beasts and creeping things. Wherefore also God gave them up to uncleanliness. Now they're trying all kinds of immorality to find happiness in life through their own lust to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a... You see where this all started? 
Church family, where did it all start? With an ungrateful spirit. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to their vile affections. Even the women did change the natural use of that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lust one toward another. Men working with men that which is unseemly. Now watch this. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which is me. How, did, how in the world did this all happen to us where we now condone same-sex marriage, where sodomites march in our streets and they rally at our capitals, how did we get to that place? We became unthankful. And when we became unthankful and ungrateful, our hearts became empty. And we started looking for other things that would then fill that void in our hearts, even if it meant engaging in sodomy. One thing I have noticed about those who say they are gay is they are anything but gay. I mean, when I was a boy, gay meant to be happy. As I look at them and I watch their marches on the capitals of our states and in Washington, when I see them parading up and down our streets when we're engaged as we were up here in Jackson, with a whole theater full of sodomites. I'll tell you one thing about them. They are the most angry people that I've ever met. Empty. Lost. So very sad. But how, this, you got to get this. How did that progression all start to get them to this place that God calls an abomination and reprobation? They became unthankful. It's a really dangerous thing when we have an ungrateful heart. As believers, our hearts ought to overflow, seriously with gratitude to the Lord for all the benefits that he has given to us as one of his children. We sang that song, Count Your Many What? Name them one by one. That would be a good thing for us to do. David said in Psalm 103, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. Why? Because we have a tendency to forget all the benefits that God has given to us. And then he goes on to name some of these benefits. Who forgiveth all of our iniquities, healeth all our diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that the youth is renewed like eagles. So notice the things that David mentions here concerning all the benefits that God has given us. First of all, he heals us when we're sick. Aren't you thankful? How many have been sick so far this year, the cold or flu? Or... Don't you feel good when that's over with? 
One of the reasons I think God allows us to get sick is so we'd appreciate our health. And NyQuil. Thank God for NyQuil. Someone said, Preach, the only reason you like NyQuil is because it's like 25% alcohol. That is not the reason why I like NyQuil. He said he, he heals us when we're sick. He protects us from harm. I don't think we have any clue how often the Lord just intervenes and protects us. He crowns us with love and kindness and tender mercy. He brings good things into our lives. He renews our strength every day. Isn't that true? And David said, God is good. Don't forget it. Because we do have a tendency to forget all of his benefits. But as we go through that list of all the benefits that David mentioned, and there's many, many more, do you remember what was the first one he started out with? Salvation. Forgiveness. The first one he mentions, he forgives us all of our iniquities. As I stopped to think about that, I thought, you know what? Forgiveness is the greatest blessing that God could give to anyone. Take, take all the other blessings that there are in life. The greatest of all blessings is the fact that God has forgiving, forgiven me of all of my iniquities. That should cause just my heart to overflow with gratitude for what the writer of Hebrews says is so great a salvation. Our thanksgiving begins with salvation. You know, there are there are a lot of people in this world that have a lot of everything. Do you ever notice that? Perhaps you've said something like this, like I have said before. Where in the world do people get the money to get things like that? That's just beyond me. I'm not in that class. I'm thankful I'm not in that class, by the way. But I'm not in that class. I'm not in that class where... I can't imagine having that much money that they can afford to buy some. Probably they're head over heels in debt is probably what the truth is. But I think we've all have, have seen that. But if you would look more closely into most of these people's lives, I don't want to make a blanket statement here. But if you look closely into most of these people's lives who have so many things... I think what you will find is the majority, the majority of those people are miserable and unhappy and just lost. Because all these things will not bring or buy you happiness in life. That's why Ben's Sunday school lesson was so awesome this morning. I said, boy, a lot of things he taught is right on line where I am right here. But listen to wise old Solomon. He said, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Don't labor to be rich. Why? Because riches profit not in the day of the Lord. Riches will not bring you happiness and fulfillment and joy in life. Who was Solomon's father? David. 
Listen to what David said in Psalm 52. He said, though this is the man, and so I stop and say, this is the man, what man? And then he goes on to define this man. A man that deviseth mischief. A man that loves evil more than good. A man who has a lying tongue and doesn't speak the truth. A man who has devouring words and a deceitful tongue. And has not made God his strength, but trusteth in his abundance and riches. Where was this man's trust? In his abundance and in his what? In his riches. And then David said, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever and ever. But this man shall be taken away, and he will be plucked out of his dwelling place. He will not have his root in the land of the living the righteous also shall see and fear. We don't want that to happen to us. And shall laugh at him. These people who have made their abundance their trust. One day that's all going to come to an end. You see, here's, here, here is the thing about abundance. If you have an abundance, you're going to be tempted to trust in that abundance. Am I right or wrong? Thank you. So remember the words of the Lord Jesus. For what shall it profit a man if he gain what? Now come on, church. Is that, is that really possible? It's impossible. But what if a man could? What if a man said, you know, I'm just, I'm just miserable in life, I'm happy in life, and things that's going to bring me joy and happiness is going to be all the things of this world. But what shall it profit a man if he does gain the whole world, but loses his own soul? That's why Solomon said these words, give me neither poverty nor riches. What a balance. Give me neither poverty and don't give me riches. If I have poverty, I might be tempted to steal. If I have riches, I may be tempted to deny thee. So feed me with food that is convenient. Give me just enough for what I need for my daily needs. Otherwise, I may trust in my abundance. Paul said that we should be abounding because of our, thanks, our, our salvation. We should be abounding with thanksgiving simply because we're saved do you remember the person who led you to Christ brought the gospel to you upon receiving Christ as your savior I jotted down some things that are those spiritual blessings that we forget about our sins are forgiven we are justified sanctified and glorified we receive the gift of eternal life. We are reconciled to God. We become united with Christ and joint heirs. We become the children of God through adoption. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We are given a new name. We are made a new man. We are sealed unto the day of redemption. We can now talk, walk, and fellowship with God. We have direct access to God through Christ. God will never leave us nor forsake us. We have a divine plan and divine purpose for our life. And heaven is our eternal home. Hello? 
Don't you think we ought to get focused on what we really should be grateful about and appreciate? Most of us, when I, and I guess I'm talking about myself here, but most, most of us are very thankful for blessings such as freedom. I'm so thankful for freedom. I would fight and give my life for freedom. Thankful for the freedoms that we have. I'm thankful for good health. Thankful for good health. I'm thankful for my family. As we sat around last night and we were giving testimonies, almost all the children when they were giving testimonies were thankful for mom and dad and their aunts and uncles and for grandma and grandpa. They were just thankful for their family. I'm so thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the ministry that the Lord has given me. He's given me a good job. You are good people. What a privilege to pastor this church. I think about the material possessions that the Lord has given us over all these years. We really have way too much stuff. But, but take all of those things. Nothing compares to the spiritual blessings that we have in heavenly places in Christ. Nothing. I came across some quotes here, and I want to share some of them with you. I thought they were good. It says, It is impossible to feel grateful and depressed at the same moment. All right, stop. It's impossible to feel grateful and depressed at the same moment. Yes or no? So what's the key to overcoming depression? Guess what? You didn't have to pay $120 an hour to go to a psychiatrist to have him tell you that. Here is another one I thought was good. Gratitude is not only the greatest of all virtues, it is the parent of all virtues. I had to stop and think about that for a minute. You think of all the various virtues. we Immediately I thought of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, justice, goodness, faith, you know. All the virtues that we should have in life, we, we would not have any of them if we're not grateful. I couldn't think of one virtue we would have if we're void of gratefulness. This was an amazing thought to me. If you concentrate on finding whatever is good in every situation, you'll discover that your life is suddenly filled with gratitude. You simply will not be the same person two months from now after consciously giving thanks each day for the abundance that exists in your life, you will set in motion a spiritual law that the more you give, the more you will what? The more you will receive. I thought that was so good. Two months from now, you'll be a totally different person. If you'll just start being grateful for the abundance that the Lord has given you. Bad things do happen. How I respond to them defines my character and the quality of my life. I can choose to sit in perpetual sadness, immobilized by the gravity of my loss, or I can choose to rise from the pain and treasure the most precious gift I have. Salvation itself. Now and then, it's good to pause in our pursuit of happiness and just be happy. Aren't these good sayings? 
Yeah, I didn't come up with them. Make it a habit to tell people how thankful you are for them. Hmm. Express your appreciation sincerely and without expectation of anything in return. Truly appreciate those things around you and you will soon find many others around you. Appreciate life and you will find that you will have more of it. Never let the things you want make you forget about the things you have. I'm going to read that one again. Never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. One wise man said this, Do not sit around and indulge in dreams of having what you do not have, but consider all the blessings you do possess, and then thankfully remember how you would feel if they were not yours. Be thankful for what you have, and you will end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never have enough. Paul said, not that I speak in request of a want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Let your conversation be without covetousness, be content with such things as ye have. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be what, church? Content. I'll close with this. I want to challenge each and every one of you to do this little simple project. And the project is write down ten things that you're grateful for. Pretty simple, huh? Just take a piece of paper and write down ten things, or should I put it this way, that you should be thankful for. So I made my list. You want to hear my list? Okay, because after I give you my list, I'm done. For which you'll be grateful. Number one on my list, I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Number two, I'm still breathing. Number three, I still have food in the refrigerator, even though my wife has been out of the house for several weeks. I still have a home to live in. I have plenty of clothes to wear. I have a wife and a family that loves me. I have friends in a church family that loves me. I have a wonderful church to attend. 
I know God loves me and is in control of everything that happens in my life. Many people have things a whole lot worse than I have. Think on these things. Gratitude is a wonderful gift. Why don't you give a little of it away? Be thankful that you already be thankful that you don't already have everything you desire. If you did, there wouldn't be anything to look forward to. Be thankful when you don't know something, for that'll give you an opportunity to learn. Be thankful for the difficult times. During those times, you'll grow in faith. Be thankful for your limitations because they will give you opportunity to improve. Be thankful for each new challenge because it'll build strength and character in your life. Be thankful for the mistakes you make. They'll teach you valuable lessons. Be thankful when you are tired and weary because that means you'll get a good night's sleep unless you're a nursing mother. Well, it's easy to be thankful for the good things. But remember, life isn't always good, but God is. And all things, even the bad things, if we respond to them correctly with the right perspective, will work together for good to them that love the Lord. Gratitude can take a perceived very negative situation and turn it into something very positive and very beautiful. In everything, give thanks. May God forgive us for complaining, murmuring, and being discontent when he has benefited our lives in so many ways. I think it's time for us to repent. So every head bowed and every eye closed. Six hundred and twelve. Like you ought to stand. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklay.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening 
at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.